Spencer with the two-point ball. Number 17, soon to be raised to the Raptors. Loose ball, Brown for the tie. Oh, Got it. Man. Miracle here. And team drives down and throws it down. Wow. Welcome back to Banner 18 alongside James. I'm Celtic Squire. If there is a loud noise in the background, the AC is blasting today because it is 95 degrees out where I am. Yeah. It is blazing today. I was like, I had a, I was like outside most of the day today and it was just unreal, the heat. So New England weather. All right. So we back uh, Celtics this week. They went, what, they had one loss. I thought they were going to lose to the Magic, honestly. That, yeah, that was not That was not a great game. I'm, I'm, like, in the middle. Like, I was downstairs. I, was, uh, I wasn't watching the game deliberately. And I remember checking the score, and you're down five with 48 seconds left. And I started making, for the second week in a row, I did this with the Blazers, too. I made the Celtics lose uh, edit. And then Jason Tatum just became Jason Tatum. Yeah, he did his thing. Unreal, the fact that he's able to do that night in and night out, except for the the Bucks game. Obviously, he didn't do that, but he's just he's something else. I don't understand how people like. I know, obviously, I've seen like the comments about how Tatum fans are soft and everything. Oh, they kind of are. They kind of are. To yeah, be fair. but it's like people still. I feel like some of Tatum's game. People still just don't notice that. Like, so last year he never drove in. He only took middies, and he drives in now, and he's, I mean, he's doing shots that Kobe took. Watch Kobe's game and watch his game. Yeah. It's nearly the same. That's that's pretty, that's actually a pretty fair comparison, but I still think his closer comparison would be Kevin Durant, because, like, if, like mm-hmm. now now that he's driving to the hoop, he, he doesn't have that, like, LeBron, like, intensity, but he has more of that Kevin Durant, like, smooth, yet still, like, harmful to the other team. Like, he can cross you up and just smoothly get to the basket and get the ball in the hoop. I, I'm not a big Kevin Durant fan, but one thing I do love about his game that is scary is after he hits a three, a big shot, he doesn't hype up anyone. Yeah, he just like, yeah. turns around and's like, "All right, let's do it." I mean, you watch the clip with the Cavs game in the finals. He shoots it; it's a deep three, and he just turns around and is like, "All right." I mean, that's kind of Tatum. Tatum gets a little more excited because he's Tatum, younger. If you saw like, the, he's still he, he's still like that. The game, I think it was versus the Raptors the other night. It might have oh, been. Yeah. We uh, murdered them. The pass, uh, Jalen Brown's pass to Gordon Hayward. Tatum was just like. He fist bumped. He's like so excited that they did that, and it's just different compared to last year because I remember watching last year and just seeing just stuff like that happen. And Tatum's just in the corner. He's just like, "All right, uh, great. Let's let's uh, get back on the defense." And that's what I'm not. Uh, that's why I love this team so much better because they're just more exciting. They're more fun to watch. All right. So for a recap of like the the games we missed, like. Well, we weren't recording from the last week, so we had August 4th, we had the Celtics lost 112-106 to the Heat. Then they rebounded, beat the Nets 149-115. That's a 
big number. Um, then we, like, this game, okay, the final score doesn't look like it, but, like, if you watch actual game, we kind of killed them. Uh, we beat the Raptors 122 to 100, and then we beat the close game 122 to 119 against the Magic. Mm-hmm. Um, the Heat game, obviously a lot of complaints there watching it. That, yeah, that's a rough game. Sorry. Yeah, um, I'm not a big, like, I never really – I don't know how Duncan Robinson slipped under the Celtics' radar and they just didn't notice him. First of all, he went undrafted, but I don't know. This kid is a three-point sh- – he is a three-point maker. He's not a three-point shooter. He's a three-point maker. <laughs> yeah. He makes all of his shots. Like, it's just the whole corner three every time. They just did that the whole night and just got away with it. They didn't even have Jimmy Butler. Like, they beat us. They cleanly beat us and went in. Obviously, refs were not the best. But they went in and they beat us, and it was like, you can't really stop that. They had a bunch of times where they could have tied it or could have taken the lead, but uh, um, they just, the Heat just immediately went back up by 10 after that. All right, but the thing is, with how much I respect the Heat, oh, wait, it's glitching. All right, with how much I respect the Heat and all, and like, I think they're a great team. They're a bit slept on this year as well. They're really balanced, kind of like us. They have good depth. They're not. I, I I just don't think they're built for the playoffs. Like they don't have. They're kind of like us. Like we're not as well built for the playoffs as other teams. Like they don't. They don't even have like a top ten player in the league. Like J, like Jimmy Butler's arguably top fifteen. Like, that's, Jimmy Butler. That's not good. If you look that's at the good. season, if you look at the season, Jimmy Butler's arguably top ten. But overall, he is not a top ten player. He but is yeah, top no, fifteen. This season, like he's putting up great stats on this team in the regular season. But can he go? And lead this team in the playoffs by himself, which he has not done before. But like he, he when he was on the Bulls, he had Derek Rose helping him. He could not make it that far. Into the well, in the Bulls, also the last year he was on the Bulls, he played it, and they took the Celtics a six. They had a two zero lead, and then yeah, Isaiah exactly. Thomas said, can, "My can, turn." Like, can he take the C team far into the playoffs? By himself, I don't think he can. Like no. when they have to go up against, like especially with Bam not being like five nine as a center. Like when you go up against teams like even like the Bucks, like they don't even, the Bucks aren't even like that well balanced. It's like like can Butler go up against Giannis with all with all the depth they have? Can they go up against Giannis himself and win a seven game series? I say no. And that's and that's my problem with them. This team is too inexperienced. I mean, obviously you got Iggy and. Jimmy Butler, I wouldn't say is that experience for the playoffs. It's like Kemba. He's been a few times, but it's not like anything. I- Iguodala is your most experienced player by far. Yeah. And he's still... That's, I don't... Uh, if, if Iguodala is your most experienced playoff player and you're trying to go far into the playoffs, that's a little bit of a red flag, in my opinion. Uh, unlike the Celtics. The Celtics' most experienced playoff player is what? Tatum. Tatum or Brown? Because they went to the... Um, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they proved they were first season and second season, and they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Jalen Brown went to the Eastern Conference Finals the year before, so they clearly knew what they were doing. They went in there, and they just so that's why the Celtics are a more experienced team when it comes to being in the playoffs compared to a team like the Heat. Bam Adebayo is a six foot eight center. Now, I his defense is phenomenal. I have nothing on his defense. I have nothing on his game, but he's six eight. And that's what I don't like today. I said it last time. That is what I don't like about centers today is they're too small. They're Montrez Harrell is 6'7". Daniel Tice is 6'8". 6'8 is the small forward size. The nah, average... even there are small forwards that are taller than that. 
yeah, like Gordon Hayward, I think is like six ten or something. Kevin Durant's seven foot and he's like forward. So. Kevin Durant's ridiculous. He's a freak of nature. Giannis is Giannis is six eleven, but he's a power forward. So, but still, in like that scenario, if it's a six foot eight center, players like LeBron could run center. Jason Tatum could run center, but it's just weird to think having a six eight center like. Who would the Heat play in the first round? They have the four seed. They play the five, which is the Pacers. I think the Heat win that. But like, okay, who who would they play in the second round? Assuming the second round would be the Bucks. Yeah, that's they're 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 not they're just not compared there. That's why I'm so happy with the Celtics being the three seed because they don't have to play the Bucks and the Raptors. I'm not afraid of. And I I remember when the Celtics blew out the Raptors. I looked at the comments of a Bleacher Report post. And it said, doesn't matter, Raptors and four. I'm like, you just watch them get beat down. The score doesn't even tell the whole story. I watched as that team gave up the lead later. If they kept their starters in, if they kept their better players in, I don't think the, the Raptors would have even scored 90 points. Yes, that's got you. All right, moving on from the Heat Celtics um, onto the Nets Celtics. We won... 150 to 115. I think, like, that kind of score with the net, that's going to be the story of the Nets, this, like, postseason kind of thing. They're either going to get blown out or they're going to be the ones blowing out. This team well, is not, they're not built for close games. They don't even have it. Like, they you, they arguably have a top 20 player, maybe. Like, I don't even know. I don't even think they have a top 20 player. No, because they don't have Jared Allen. They don't have Spencer Dinwiddie. They don't have DeAndre Jordan. Well, they do have Jared Allen, but Jared Allen's not a, they don't have Spencer Dinwiddie. They don't have, um, What's his name? They don't have DeAndre Jordan. None of their players. Their only two top 15 players is Katie and Kyrie, and they're not even playing. Exactly. Like, this team This team is going to get blown out, like, a lot. But I think there's there's going to be some games where they're actually going to, like, they just work really well together. And, like, Karis LeVert could have another 50-point game. Like, there's going to be games where they kill, like, teams. But that's, it's just, it's going to be outnumbered. They're going to get killed so much in the playoffs. The, um, when this bubble first came out the Nets became the betting favorites to win the title. Imagine you bet like $100 on the Nets to win the title because you thought Katie and Kyrie were coming back. Like, you just lost your $100. They're going to get blown out by the Raptors. And just think about, I know they beat the Bucks. I know, I know that the Nets beat the Bucks and everything. I mean, you, you, there's no one there. Karis LeVert, I like Karis LeVert, but he's not your player that's going to take down Giannis. Exactly. Like, and it's, this is what I'm talking about. It's like, it's one thing for one game. It's another thing, a seven-game series where you're, you're relying on Karis LeVert for seven games to go up against Giannis. Not one game, not even like a three-game series. You're relying on Karis LeVert for seven games against Giannis and Tedekumpo. Like, that's, that's concerning for the Nets. They're not playing Giannis. They're playing the Raptors. But I, like, I mean, like, I believe term. they should be the 8th seed, the Nets. I don't know how the, the Magic haven't moved up. Actually, I want to check the standings right now. Because I don't know how the Magic um, haven't moved up any farther. Because they've been winning this whole time. And the Nets have realistically been losing. The Magic are... 23 and a half games back. The Nets are 21. I mm. I am speechless. And what's even crazier is the Hornets. I texted you in the beginning of the season. The Hornets are going to need 
The Hornets are going to have to forfeit every night because they're going to lose by so much. Yeah, they're the nine seed. That... Think about the fact that the Wizards are the ten seed. The Wizards were went to the bubble. The Hornets didn't. That's how bad the Wizards are. Yeah, they should. Look, the whole thing of including certain teams in the bubble, it's it's a, it's a stretch. And I think ultimately, it, it's kind of obvious. It was kind of it was it was an excuse to get Zion in the bubble. It was they want, they want to It was out. an excuse to get Zion in the bubble, and Zion lost. And I'm so more excited to see because I don't know who I want in the playoffs. I want the Spurs in the playoffs so they can keep their playoff run. I want the Blazers in the playoffs because I want to see obviously Dame versus. Yeah, I want okay. LeBron. Honestly, like I'm a huge John Morant fan, and I think it'd be I great love John. If, if they were the 18, let me like, tell you. I want to see the Blazers in. I do not like John Morant. To start this season, well, not like the middle of the season because he was taking Zion's rookie of the year. A couple months later, John Morant's one of my favorite players in the league, and there's no complaints about that. I love watching John Morant's game. He's such a good player, and I want to see him versus LeBron, but I don't think that's the case because they're not winning. When they're not winning, they're going to they're gonna lose out on that eight seed. They're not getting the eight seed. It's going to be the Pacers. No, not the Pacers. It's going to be the Spurs. Suns or not even the Spurs. It's gonna be the Suns or the Trailblazers. Trailblazers because they've been catching fire. They should have beaten the Clippers, but apparently Dame like the, Clipp- the Clippers were trying to lose the game. Dame just missed two free throws. I have I know someone who's like good with stats and they texted me and they said Dame had a has a one point like two percent chance of missing both free throws. And he went out and did it. I mean, okay, but to be fair, like, the Blazers will make the playoffs because if Dame can put up 50 points a game when he needs to, like, there's no way they're not getting in. They're um, they're going to make the playoffs because they're, like, .5 games back at this point. Like, yeah. honestly, Dame Lillard is arguably the best point guard in the league because, like, he's not, like, like you, you can compare him to Steph Curry, but, like, in my opinion, he's better than okay, Steph Curry. Okay, all right, right now, he, Steph, Steph is the best, but when he's out, it's Dame. And people say Luca. Luca's like six ten, right? Yeah, Luca's like six ten. I don't know if you can call like the the whole Luca point guard argument. I don't. He's just not. He's not a point guard. Like he does not take the ball up in their games. Looking back at it, I'm like looking back at that draft, and I'm just like, was that the right move to get Luca over Aiton? Because all Booker wants is a player who can pass the ball, and they had Luca and passed on him. But then I was thinking like. I don't think he wants him solely because DeAndre Ayton's such a good center. Yeah, oh no, honestly, I think the Suns took a W taking Ayton over Luka. Like, having Luka and Booker on the same team, that just doesn't make sense. Same with, like, Trey Young and Booker could work, but still, like, honestly, I think that having having Ayton and Booker is a much better duo than Luka and Booker or Trey Young and Booker, in my opinion. So, the Memphis Grizzlies are 33-38. and 38. And the Trailblazers are thirty-three and thirty-nine. The Trailblazers are 0.5 games back. The Spurs are thirty-one and thirty-eight. They're two. They're one game back. And the Suns are thirty-one and thirty-nine, and they're one and a half games back. And I don't really have a complaint about that. I just don't think. Um, I just want to see who ends up getting this spot. Uh, um. I'm going to look at the Grizzlies' upcoming schedule, and I'm going to look at um, the uh, the Trailblazers' upcoming schedule. So, the Grizzlies play the Celtics tomorrow. Oh, that's going to be a good game. Then they play the Bucks, and that's their last game. 
So. Ooh, uh, okay, Grizzlies are losing both. They they're not beating the Celtics. They're not beating the Bucks. Grizzlies are, uh, are losing both. I can't speak. The Trailblazers. The Trailblazers play the Mavericks tomorrow and the Nets on Thursday, and then the Suns. The Suns are undefeated. They play the Sixers tomorrow and the Mavs on Thursday. Those are mm. some. I don't know what I'm gonna think about though, because obviously the Suns are undefeated. Okay, okay. As much as like the the Suns are like on fire, like realistically, they're they're not they're not going anywhere. Like they're not good. They're not a they're not a very good basketball team. Like they have Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden, but beyond that, the like I I just I I can't watch a Suns game and be like, oh yes, this is the team that has a chance at the finals. Like no. It, it's like crazy to think because I just remember looking at the Suns the last two years and being like, this is an awful basketball team. And now this year, I'm just like, this is this is a good basketball. Like, Ricky Rubio was the best addition they could have made. He's a pass first point guard. And he like he, he has the ability to shoot and get inside. So that's a great addition. Devin Booker, obviously, is Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton has been ridiculous this year. It's like, just some great moves, and I think their team is... Plus, their center position is so deep, it's incredible. They got Baines and Kaminsky. And then, like, their team is just... Alright, in my opinion, though, they're still still not that good. Like, Like I said, I... I don't think they're they're just not a team that can win the championship. I think I think if they had Kelly Oubre in this, I think that pushed them over the top, like over the top to be a better playoff team. Because who's this? I think like they're starting small forward right now is um, Mikel Bridges. I like Mikel's game. I like his defense, but Mikel Bridges as your starting small forward isn't getting you anywhere. Like Kelly Oubre at least would have helped you a bit. Like Dario Saric, he's a great power forward. Like, when he was at the Sixers, he was much better. Much, much better. But I don't think for right now, your small forward being Mikel Bridges isn't the greatest, like, thing to help you. With a team, like, they're in their schedule. I mean, their next two games are versus Sixers and the Mavericks. The Sixers' small forward is Josh Richardson, who is going to go all over them. And then yeah. the Mavericks is probably Luka, and Luka's going to go all over them. So, I mean... You just gotta, you gotta think about that before you do anything, and that's what's kind of like upsetting me. All right, speaking of the Suns, though, like they took the biggest L trading T.J. Warren for cash. Like, I'm pretty sure it's for like considered cash considerations. Cash considerations. It might have been <laughs> a first round pick. It might have been a first round pick. I don't actually remember, but it is honestly an L of a trade. They really traded because honestly, looking back at it, you could have made the argument like. Oh, it wasn't that bad of a trade. They still had some options. Like, they needed cash, and they went out and got Rubio. They're going to extend some players. Like, it was a smart move. But in the end, you got to realize, TJ Warren is averaging 39 points in this bubble. 39 is not a small number. James Harden only averaged 36 last year. You can think that, like, Harden... Harden was... I mean, Harden was putting up, like, 50 a night. He definitely wasn't averaging 36... I mean, obviously he was, but, like, I think if he didn't have a bad start to the season, he would have put up numbers like, like, um, 
I don't know, like 40 points a game. Because just he was ridiculous. And the greatest scorer ever conversation, I think, is kind of stupid. Because three different, all right, three different types of players. Wilt, KD, and James Harden. Kevin Durant, obviously, is a great scorer. He's seven foot tall and can, like, dribble like a guard and shoot like a guard. Obviously, that's, like, one side. Wilt Chamberlain was seven foot tall playing against, like, 5'10 yeah. white guys. Yeah, facts. There's a big difference. And then James Harden, obviously, he can shoot from wherever. It doesn't matter who's guarding him. He can shoot, and he makes them. And obviously with fouls and all, but I think it's just crazy to think about that. And then, yeah, so that's on my So last night's game, no, the Raptors game. Um, yeah, Raptors game. I think that, that was that was a surprise to be honest. That was a big surprise. I remember I had missed some of the game. And I turned it on. It was probably the middle of the second quarter and I turned on the game and I just look as um what's his name? As the Celtics are just blowing out the Raptors. It was like a 20 point lead. I'm like is this you're telling me this team is better than the Celtics? Yeah. They didn't even have anyone out. The Raptors were healthy. Yeah, I'd say the bigger thing is, like, in this game, this, like, was one of the games. Like, I still think, like, single games don't represent how well you're going to get, like, how far you're going to go in the playoffs. I stand by that. Like, I don't think just because we beat the Raptors this game means we can beat them in the playoffs. But it was honestly just, like, how we played. And also looking at, like, the bench. Like, the bench this game just, like, this showed how like, good our depth was. Depth was. Like, I have it up right here. Semi Ojale, 11 points. Robert Williams, 10 points. Brad Wanamaker, 15. Wanda who only scored 11. Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry. So, you're telling me Brad Wanamaker and Fred Van Fleet. No, Kyle, uh, what's not Kyle. Brad Wanamaker scored more points than individually the entire Raptors starting lineup. That is, like, like beyond the fact that it doesn't represent how well we're going to do in the playoffs, like that just shows how good our depth is. Wanamaker is an interesting player, and this is from Wanamaker either drops fifteen or two. two. Yep, yeah, that's every night for him, fifteen or two. And what I find interesting is that he wants like, like where he is like the type of player, um. The type of player he is, is like, it's the type of point guard that I feel like is not really seen nowadays because he can't really shoot and he takes a lot of middies. Like, his mid-range game is, and his free throw, his his free throw game is ridiculous. I mean, he's not like, he's not like bringing it back to the league, but he, he's a good representation of like the true point guard back in like, almost like the 90s, like where you can just like. You're great. You're great. Like you're like you do your job. Like you can pass the ball. You don't just dribble it down and huck up a three. You dribble like you dribble it down. You pass it around. You'll take if you have it. You have if you have the shot. You'll take an open three or an open mid range, especially, and you'll go. You'll take those easy like backdoor legs and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Something I find interesting is that he's like statistically one of, if not the greatest free throw shooter ever, and it's so weird to think about that <laughs> because. Just there's some nights where he's just awful, and then, like, I see posts that are just, like, get this guy off the team. It's just his free throw shooting is, like, I don't think there's anyone else I'd rather have on the line than Brad Wanamaker. 
just because of how good of a free throw shooter he is. Like, if we were told, like, obviously Gordon Hayward's a great free throw shooter in the clutch, but if we had a chance to have either Wanamaker or Hayward, 10 seconds left, we're down by two. Hayward or Wanamaker? On the the line, I would honestly, actually, no, I would take Hayward. I would take Hayward. Just, I mean, yeah, Hayward's just in the clutch. He's just a great free throw shooter. But Brad Wanamaker statistically is an unreal free throw shooter. And I never really noticed that until a couple a couple weeks ago. I never really noticed how good of a free throw shooter he was. And he's just ridiculous at it. Yeah, no. no, I'm not doubting or hating on, like, Wanamaker's free throw shooting. But, like, like, honestly, I would easily have Wanamaker over a ton of players at the line with, like, a few seconds left. So, like, I would have him at the line over most of the b- better big men. Like, I would, ha- I would take him over, like... Anthony Davis at the free throw line. I would take him over, like, Clay Thompson. But, like, I would not take him. Like, just some players have the touch for the free like throw. Like, the Curry, the Curry brothers, I wouldn't take him over them. Both Steph and Seth are ridiculous at free throw shooting and three-point shooting. So, I wouldn't take him over them. But, like, yeah, like, Anthony Davis. I feel, like some people, I feel like for some people, you either have the touch for the free throw or you don't. Like, in, like Clay Thompson is one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time. Probably top ten, maybe top, maybe top five for top three-point shooters. He mm-hmm. is awful at actual free throws because he just doesn't have the same, like, he doesn't have the same, like, touch. I don't even know how to describe it. Like, he just doesn't have, he doesn't have the feel for the free throw like other players. So I don't want to think he's a bad free throw shooter. He's a good free throw shooter, but for how good he is at three-pointers, like, it's, like, you see him at the line and, and you'll just watch him like brick it and then you're like what how does Clay Thompson do that but it's like he just doesn't have the same touch as like other players mm-hmm. last year um we had a game versus the Warriors and I'm I'm watching it and um I think it might have been so we were down like we were down like four no we were down two and we fouled um we fouled, uh, what's his name? Clay. And Clay hit both. And I remember I was like watching, and they're like, Clay is one of the greatest free throw shooters ever. There's no way he misses them. He goes up and drills both. And I'm like, ah, crap. So, um, sorry, that was Siri. So, um, what's his name? Steph Curry. Uh, I was thinking, like, Steph's also a great free throw shooter. We're lucky we didn't foul him because then the game would be automatic. Clay Thompson is something where it's not automatic, and there's a chance he misses them. You know, Clay Thompson's still a great free throw shooter. Like, I'm not saying, okay, here's the thing. I'm not saying, like, he's a bad or, like, below average free throw shooter. Like, he's still a great free throw shooter. Just for, like, for his three-point shooting, his free throws should be guaranteed, and they're not, unlike other players. Okay, so, realistically here, the greatest free throw shooters ever, Steph Curry is the, is the top one. With 90%, 90, it'd be uh, 0.905. Steve Nash is second with 0.904. Mark Price has 9.03. Peja has 89.894. Uh, looking at this list, I don't see Clay Thompson. I wonder why. Chris Middleton is number 20. Really? Dude. Kyle Korver is 19. Kyrie's 18. KD is 15. Dirk is 16. Larry Bird, 13. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. 11 is Dame. Really? Ah, I don't know. I don't... Okay, I, it might be... It might sound biased because, like, it just happened a couple nights ago, but I don't think Dame is that good of a free throw shooter. 9 is J.J. Redick, and uh, 6 is Ray Allen. 
And then... Honestly, I feel like if I had if I had one person that had to go to the line and we were down two and like it was a, a foul and a three point shot and a miss, like if I had to have one person go to the line, it'd be Larry Bird. Like it's like like oh it's it sounds like but like me and my dad talked about this for like a while. Like he loves Larry Bird and like I've watched some of the the old games from like '86 and stuff. Like he's like he he does like he okay so like. There used to be these, like, people behind the, uh, like, you can look up. There used to be these people behind the hoop, like, when Larry Bird was shooting free throws, and they'd, like, br- like they'd br- print out pictures to try to distract him, and he just, like, he would just drain every free throw. Like, they mm-hmm. would just bring, like, random pictures of stuff, and he would drain, like, every free throw. Like, his concentration for the game is so much different than everyone else's. So, if I had, if I had like, three free throws to make, and there was, like, one second left, and it was a foul on a three-point shot, I would take Larry Bird. Personally, but I'd, like that's not discrediting any other free throw shooters. But like, I would take Larry Bird just because of his like concentration. So this, this, I have a Nessun uh, thing here. This list was made. This article was written March third, two thousand twenty. Says Brad Wanamaker's name is fitting for his consistency at the line. All right. Yeah. Wanamaker has sunk twenty-two straight attempts since February third and made fifty-four of fifty-five three free throw attempts. Taken since December 11th. Mm. Wanamaker owns a league high free throw percentage of 92.6%. Um, I'm checking his career. Brad. His career free throw percentage is. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't say. <laughs> I'm not surprised. It doesn't say. Um. And sometimes the the low name Celtics just aren't named like they just don't get credit they deserve. Like I remember, Semi Semi's obviously one of the most built players in the league, and I remember looking up top ten uh, strongest NBA players. He's not on the list. LeBron's number one. I'm like, okay, first of all, LeBron's no, nowhere near as strong as Giannis. So let's put that that's wrong. And Semi Ojale is ridiculous. The man is a living dumbbell. He is, he, like, he sent me. Um, I asked him what his workout routine was, and it's like a ridiculous, a ridiculous workout routine. And it's just, it's just crazy to think, uh, like, some of these Celtics go under the radar. So, um. Yeah, we'll move on to our next segment after uh, a message after this. Welcome back to Banner 18 alongside James. Yo. I'm Celtics Wire, and we just got done talk, obviously, doing that segment. So now we are going to move into awards, which we didn't do last time. So, um, Yeah. Awards came out last night. Who's going to be the finalist? And I am not happy with with MIP. Yeah. And uh, deep, defensive player of the year, I'm still not happy with. But like MIP, I'm not not happy with at all. All right. I think I don't think that Tatum or Brown deserve to win MIP. No, but they I should think be finalists. Jalen Jalen Brown should be a finalist, and yeah. all his all his numbers went up. All his numbers drastically went up. His percentages, like, and um, Luca saying like, "Oh, you should include, um, 
saying like Luca saying you should include Devonte Graham is like ah oh, nah, Devonte Graham that's not it um some things it's like I I just don't like Devonte Graham his numbers like his numbers went up but his percentages went down like uh, I'm it, just it, not yeah I don't know like I feel like Luca. Okay, in my opinion, Luca deserves most improved player. It's not really close. I mean, he went from being a rookie, like I think he's a sophomore this year, right? He's a sophomore. And he's he went from thirty points a game at rookie of the year, team. rookie of the year, and now he is um, what is it? MVP, MVP. He should be an MVP candidate. Yeah, he should. He should. He should. Love James MVP Harden. Theory. Obviously, I love James Harden, but I don't think he should be. I you don't know, think last James year, Harden should no, be last, last year Harden should have won MVP. This year, Luca should be in the finalist race instead of him. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you look at Luca's numbers this year and not give him MIP and a chance? Like, hold on, I'm gonna pull up his numbers real quick. Like, he he just he's he just jumped. He was always really good, always really talented. He was always a threat to the league, but now he's like it's not even close. He should be he should just be like I don't, I don't even know how to say it. he's just. He could just a dominant scorer now. Uh huh. And players like um, and like James Harden last year, like you, oh, the Bucks won sixty games. Obviously, Giannis deserved. Chris Middleton was fifty forty ninety. Exactly. Fifty forty ninety is not something every player does. The club is, and he went out and he did it. And Chris Middleton, also they had Malcolm Brogdon last season. Malcolm Brogdon is a ridiculous player. Not as good. He's just under the radar good. And they had Bledsoe. And they have Eric Bledsoe. They had Brooke Lopez shooting. Like, I love Giannis, like, but he didn't deserve MVP last year compared to this year. This year, he deserves MVP. All his numbers went up from last year, and his minutes went down. So that means he's playing even better with lower minutes. Yeah, so. I think I think he deserved this year. Like even looking at Luca's stats are twenty nine points a game, nine point five rebounds, nine assists, and one steal, which is insane. But like look if you look at Giannis this year, like he's last year wasn't as much. This year he's kinda hard carrying his team. And it, it looks like they're gonna have a way like deeper playoff run this year. So I think Giannis deserves it this year. I think Luca he's Luca's gonna win a, definitely a couple MVPs if he can keep these stats up, along with Porzingis is on the team. He's also compete he'll he almost he actually ties Porzingis for the same amount of rebounds. Like Luca, he's like six six as and he plays a, he's your shooting guard and he ties Porzingis for their like rebounds nine point five. I remember um James Harden last year was carrying the Rockets. Yeah. And people don't talk about that because people forget Chris Paul was on their team. Chris Paul was injured. He was injured for nearly the whole season. And James Harden went out and averaged 40 a game. Even when Chris Paul came back, they didn't get along. And that's why Chris Paul was traded. Because they didn't get along. And then they saw Russ and they were like, all right, we have a player Harden's played with and had good chemistry with. And Chris Paul, who just lost the chemistry and they were just like we gotta go with we gotta go with russ russ is the better player he has better chemistry and i think i'd rather have russ now for the next five years compared to chris paul for the next five years and also i don't think they want to be paying chris paul his massive contract anymore like i think they were done with that i think that was one of the reasons why they traded him like 
they yeah, gave up. He, he's like paying like forty million. It's crazy how the Rockets gave up less for the better player. The Rockets yeah. gave up less for uh, Russ than the Clippers did for Paul George. You could argue Paul George because Paul George did have the better season, but Russ this year is a better player. And the fact that they gave up like a million first round picks, Danilo Gallinari, Shea Gilgis Alexander, they might have had another player, I forget. And they traded all of that for Russ compared to the Rockets trading Chris Paul and a couple first round picks. And it's not even like the biggest trade of the year. Like in the last, if you look back on it, if you look back on the last three years, the biggest trade was 1000% Chris Paul to the Rockets. Yeah. Uh, Chris Paul was traded to the Rockets for a few first round picks, Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly, and Montrez Harrell. Yeah, that that was that was that was a lot for Chris Paul. Think about the the fact that the amount of defense is their bench solely rides on Montrez and Lou Will, and they got them both for an aging Chris Paul. Win of a trade for the Clippers. A win of a trade because now a few years later they trade some of the Rockets picks for Paul George, and now they got Kawhi Paul George. Yeah. Yep. Looking like a championship contender. So realistically, they got... And the Rockets got two years of Chris Paul for two six-man candidates. One of them's about to get a bag somewhere. And... um, What's his name? And uh, Patrick Beverly, who's a great defensive player. So I'm going to look at awards. I saw some of the awards. So... Um, all right, right. I have for most improved player, I have Luca for MVP. I'd be honest, I don't think those are very arguable, and I think Jalen Brown should be in the finalist like race. I guess I have, I have Giannis, um, for MVP and defensive player of the year. I have Rookie of the Year, John Morant. As much as it pains me to say that, Rookie of the Year is John Morant. And Coach of the Year is Nick Nurse. I don't know how Brad Stevens. Like, I think I say still put Brad Stevens over Mike Budenholzer. I like Budenholzer, but Stevens was on projection to win. Like, say if they didn't lose for the rest of the season, they would have won 60 games. Yeah. They were on projection for, like, fifth, like mid-50, like a mid-50s. Like for their win total, Nick Nurse obviously he deserves it because the Raptors like lost Kawhi and they're still, and obviously Billy Donovan was like on that team that just wasn't as good. Six man is Montrez Schroeder and Williams. Montrez is mine. I like Schroeder, but I don't think he's like I think he could deserve. I think all these players deserve it, but Montrez deserves it the most. He lost it last year. And he's just become a better player. He's become a better fit for their team. He's a great backup center. Like when he comes in and he just puts up like 20 points a game. And he's also 6'7", so he's obviously short. I don't think that Marcus Smart is out of the realm of possibility for like uh, six man of the year either. He's not. He will. They, so the MIP candidates. Now these ones, these ones are a little shocking. So I'm looking at an ESPN list right now. The one they put out before they came out. 
And they have Brandon Ingram, Bam Adebayo, and Jason Tatum. And I just, I don't know. Um, Jason Tatum, like, I want him to be on that list so bad. I want Jalen Brown to be on that list so bad. But they're not going to be on the list because of, um, just because, like, I don't know why the the NBA saw Luka and said, this kid is clearly the most improved player. He's the one. He deserves it. If you're going that way, Trey Young deserves most improved player. If that's what you want, like their points improving, Trey Young deserves it. Uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. I can name you a bunch of players whose points went up a lot. Like that's like I know his assists and rebounds went up, but it's like Jason Tatum's as his rebounds went up. Jalen Brown's numbers went up. His percentages. The NBA. Like, they don't care about percentages other than Devontae Graham. Like, this other Devontae Graham is like, oops, sorry. You have a bad field goal percentage. You're done. He's on the Hornets. Who Who's taking all the shots? You want Terry Exactly. Ro- you want Terry Rozier to take all the shots? Go ahead. Let him take all the shots. It's stupid. All right. Uh, wait, what other awards are there again? Uh, Defensive Player of the Year, which oh, yeah. is... I, I, don't, I think that's... I think it's Anthony Davis, but like I think it's Giannis, just solely because of how good of a player, offensively and defensively, Giannis has been. He I think just... it's close. Like I don't really follow the defensive stats that much. I just watch like the games and watch for defense. Like Anthony Davis's defense is hard to match. I mean, maybe Giannis deserves it, but like Anthony Davis, you can just kind of put him in there, and he'll be able to like block like just any shot he really wants to. And... The NBA, they're so focused on making players into stars. They like a player, they will make them into a star. Zion, look at them. They're endorsing him. They're giving him everything he wants. Giannis, they're going to give him the MVP and the Defensive Player of the Year. Honestly, if I'm being realistic here, I bet the NBA wants to give LeBron MVP and Zion Rookie of the Year. Yeah. They won't get it, but I think that's that's what Adam Silver wants. Yeah, because it's good marketing for the league. Looks better. It looks much better I mean, for the league. Dolphins is Zion. He shouldn't even like re- realistically shouldn't be in. And the, the only the reason the only reason he's in it is because they didn't finish the season. You have to play thirty-seven games at the minimum, thirty-seven games to get your credit that you played enough. Thirty-seven. Zion only played. Um, 19. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, That's why they're like, oh, he could have played the 37 games. We have no idea. He could have he could have done it. I'm like, no, he couldn't have. He he couldn't have. Depl- there weren't enough games left in the season to play 37 games. And even at that, like, you have to just come to the fact that, like, there just wasn't – there wasn't enough, like – he just didn't – regardless, he just didn't play enough compared to other players to be – consider for like in my opinion the three John Morant's the rookie of the year sounds the best player in the draft class John Morant was the rookie of the year the three finalists should be Harrow Nunn and John Morant by far yeah uh John Morant obviously that Grizzlies team remember if John Morant if his coach if his college coach never wanted a snack then Hmm. John Morant would be uh 
then we'd have no John Morant. We'd have the Grizzlies would still suck if John Morant, his college coach, never came in. Like his college coach, I remember the reason he won. The reason he went to college was his college coach went in to get a snack and saw Jaw uh, dunking and was like, "Yep, this is the kid we want," and gave him a con and gave yeah, him. Yeah, gave him a chance. Yep. And now we're looking back at it, and it's like, imagine that never happened. Imagine they didn't find Jaw. Jaw wouldn't be in the NBA. He, he wouldn't have, like, he wouldn't be as noticed. Nobody would know who he is. The Grizzlies wouldn't be good. They, the Grizzlies probably would have taken R.J. Barrett if Jaw never existed. Like, if Jaw wasn't in the college. And I think that's a move that everyone should just look and just thank God that that coach went in there and saw Jaw and said, I like you. Because just, just, it's like crazy to think about how lucky the Grizzlies are that his coach wanted a snack. Exactly. If that coach. Uh, he, he might have not had any other chances beyond that. Like, because. If it didn't work out. I, because nobody... He played on the same AAU team as Zion. And nobody noticed him because Z- Zion they, was yeah. there. The lights were on Zion. The lights were on Zion and they weren't on Jaw. So Zion. He got no... He only got one D1 offer and it's from Murray State. No other D1 offers. Zion got like a thousand D1 offers. He was... There's an 86% chance he was going to Clemson and a 5% chance he was going to Duke. He went to Duke. Uh, he was the number two ranked prospect in the country. Number one was R.J. Barrett. And now just looking back at it. R.J. Barrett should be, he should have had a better season than he did. On the Knicks, like, he should have had a way better season. Really, I mean, just he wasn't played enough. He just, honestly, I remember because people kept telling me, like, how R.J. just wasn't, he's being a bust. And I'm like, the man is on the Knicks. David Fisdale gave him no minutes. Yeah, that's true. When you fizzle, your coach is hard to develop as a player. I didn't think of that. Tom Thibodeau's going to force him to play 48 minutes next season. Exactly. Well, it's like, you can't, like, I, I didn't think of it. Like, you have to have a, you have, in order to actually, be, like, thrive in, like, the league, you have to have a coach that's willing to develop you. Like, that's why, like, the Grizzlies, they're, I, I don't, I forget the name of their coach, Um, but he is doing a great job of actually allowing Jaw and Jaron and, like, Jonas as well. To like develop as like a duo and help, like help Jaw develop as a player and like lead the team. He like he's not just developing Jaw to be a skilled player; he's develop- mm-hmm. developing him to be a leader because he will be eventually. Yeah, and Jamar is already a leader. He's the leader of that team. Because um, I think he saw, I think he saw like, he, I think he saw like a Mike Conley kind of thing. He's like this. This kid has way more talent. He's way more aggressive. He has a much better like future potential. So. Let's like actually let's build around him. Let's do this, that, and like the other thing, and let's just like let's just get him good. Mm-hmm. And Jaw wanted, Jaw wants. I think he wants like another player that he can throw lobs to, like Jaron. Because Jonas getting like he's around. I think he's around thirty, and he's not going to last forever compared to like Jaw, who's like twenty. So I think he would rather get another player. Like I think Zion and him would be a perfect duo because one lobs to each. To the other, like how Lonzo and Zion have worked out, because Zion, Zion like loves catching the lobs, and a player who does that, like, like the players who do that best, and that yeah, Zion, I see, a Zion draw like duo would be like legendary. Players who do that the best are 
um, Ja, Lonzo, uh, Luca. Like yeah, that are good to lob to. And then, obviously, Kendrick Nunn is third in that race. And Harrow for the shooting. Harrow should be in it for the shooting. Like his his shooting is going to be. Did like you hear what weird. Kendrick Nunn said? Nunn said he no. should win it because he has, he has the best team. Yeah, I know. He was like, "Yeah, we're we're the best playoff contenders." Like, for Jaw is literally in the playoffs by himself. Like, you're getting carried by Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. Like, you're you're not. He, he thinks that he's like the sole reason the Heat are winning. Yeah, no, you're not. I know you're their starting point guard and all, but you're not the sole reason they're winning. They took a chance on you. If they didn't take a chance on you, imagine you went to a team like the Knicks. Like, you have exactly. nothing to say no, in that conversation. Yeah, no one would have even heard. Like, if if this is what happened to RJ Barrett on the Knicks, like no one would even know your name. Like you would literally, like like what flight says, you would literally have like two jersey sales, and no one would know who you are if you went to the Knicks because you you would be so like reg- like beyond the fact that you're not like that good alone. Which is why, like I think he was a second round pick, right? Uh, I I for- no, I he like went he- undrafted. He went undrafted. Oh, seriously? Oh, because that, well, it, it proved my point further. Like he went to the G League. He, he was in the G League last year, so okay. he entered well, still, as a G League. Like, imagine not even being drafted and going to the Knicks to get developed. Like, you would not be able to even. You would be averaging like two points a game. Probably you. You would be awfully managed. Get no playing time. Like the only reason you're good is because you're on the Heat, who have a great developing that's system, why, and great coaching staff. That's why. Like. If Zion, Knicks fans are like, yes, we're going to get Zion and you're going to do so much greater. It's like getting Zion is the first part of it. You have to develop him. That's why you, exactly, need, a, yeah. you need a good coach. Like the Eric Spolstra has developed Kendrick Nunn phenomenally. And that's why, that's why Eric Spolstra, I mean, that's why Kendrick Nunn, is in the rookie of the year camp. That's why that's he's why, number yeah. three. That's why he is where he is today. That's why he's a finalist because Eric Spolstra took him and said, "You're gonna help us. You're gonna help us win. You're gonna start a point guard, and you need a good coach to do that." Some players just develop on their own, like um, Devonte Graham just went in there. No good coaches just went in there and developed on his own. Zion's like Alvin Gentry's an okay coach. I'm not saying anything bad, but I'm not saying anything good. Like he. He did. He was able to develop Brandon Ingram, which I'm not like upset about. And then he's been doing better with Zion. Like Zion's gotten ridiculous. But there's some players like, um, like there's some. There are some players that still like if they had a better coach, they'd be a better player. Like if you swapped Kendrick Nunn and R.J. Barrett, R.J. Barrett would be in the rookie of the year conversations, just because R.J. is a great player. And he's just on a bad team with a bad coach. I don't think it's just like I don't think it's just having a good coach to like to be able to develop. I think it's just you have to also like some for some cases it's how good the coach is, how good the system is. Like if you go to the Knicks, like regardless of how well you fit in, that's like you're just not going to be good. Like you're just not going to be able to develop fully. Like I think it's also just like some teams have a certain play style. Like some coaches have a certain play style. It's not like you're a bad coach necessarily. It's just you you like to coach a certain play style really well, and some players might not fit in with that certain like play style, which would happen with like the Lakers and like Lonzo and Ingram. Like I don't think they fit into the Lakers like ultimate plan, so which is like. I think that's why they, they were traded, and now they're playing a lot better. Now. The Lakers have a, have had a lot of players that have been really good and then just never fit into their system. Dwight Howard, Steve Nash, 
now Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram. You just look back at it, they're great players that just never fit into their system. Like, Dwight Howard was coming off an MVP season, like an MVP candidacy season, defensive player of the year, one of the best players in the league, and then went to the Lakers and just sucked. He just wasn't as good. Steve Nash was coming off an MVP. I think he was coming off an MVP season. They were both going to play with Kobe. If they were all in their primes, that's one of the greatest teams ever. You got Kobe, Steve Nash, and Dwight Howard. But Dwight Howard was still young, but the other two were aging. And that's why it just doesn't, like, I say if Dwight Howard got Steph Van Gundy back, or I think it was Stan, I don't, I don't, I don't know which one it was. If they got the Van Gundy back, I think he'd be just as good because he wanted to give Dwight Howard more minutes and told Dwight to play compared to teams that just didn't let him. Oh, yeah, well, like, one last quick thing before we, like, kind of wrap that up, but, um... I actually forgot about this. I, I'm actually kind of rooting again. Like, as much as I love John Moran, like, he's my favorite player by far, like I said the last episode. Um, I am actually kind of rooting for the Grizzlies to lose as a diehard Celtics fan because I forgot that we have the Grizzlies' first-round pick. I forget if it's protected or not. It might be top three protected. It's top well, like, either top way, six protected. And if we if it's not... Well, I, I don't... Well, actually, never mind. They, yeah, they can't even be top six. But, well, unless they jump to, like, top... Yeah, the, Pelican, but... the Pelicans were supposed to be 11 last year. They jumped. Actually, though. never mind. No, wait, no. I'd rather... Mm, I don't know. I'd rather have the... I'd rather have the Grizzlies be good and then... Wait, what pick did we get if they... If like it's if they're top six, we get their unprotected first round pick next season. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather take the fourteen. I'd rather take like if they miss the playoffs, I'd rather take the fourteen this year. Yeah, because like being fair, like next year they could be really good depending on what they do in the off season. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll make any off season moves. I don't see them doing anything. I really don't see like. Realistically, there's some teams where you see them make moves, like the Lakers getting AD, the Lakers maybe picking up a point guard. Like I think Fred Van Vliet would be great for the Lakers, but th- there's like some teams, like the Grizzlies. You're just like, what are they gonna do? I don't think they're gonna do anything in the off. They're gonna like extend Jaron Jackson, but after that, what are you gonna do? You got. I think that I th- okay. I'll let you finish first. No, I finished. Uh, I think that like a trade Celtics should do. It would be like trading the Grizzlies pick this year, and trading our first round pick unprotected for like the number ten pick. Like that's that's a like that's a realistically acceptable trade. Yeah, and that would, that could work. I like the series draft class. I I don't know. I think Vernon Carey would fit in well, but I don't know where. Yeah, he's I want. Go. I want. I really hope we draft Vernon Carey. Like that would be a huge W. I, I'm rooting for. I just draft don't him. know where he's gonna go. Solo, like this draft is just so. There's so many good players: Anthony Edwards, Lamelo Ball. Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Tyrese Max. Like, there's a bunch of just good players. A lot of good guards. So teams that don't need guards, like the Grizzlies, might go out and take a center, like Trey Jones. Yeah. Like if the, I hope we, I hope we get a center. I, I think they'll take a center no matter what. I don't see them taking a different – and there is a chance. Like, last season, I didn't think they were going to trade any picks, and they traded Aaron Baines and a pick for – I don't even know what they got back. They got this year's Bucks pick. So, we have – would be this year's Bucks pick. We have three first-round picks again this year. Unless the Grizzlies, obviously, top six. But we have the Grizzlies pick. We have our pick and the Bucks pick. 
I didn't even know we had them. I forgot about that. That's like, a win. I don't, that, that just like went right over my head. Yeah, that's that's good. I mean, the picks might be a little later in the round, but we could we could do something with that. Like Danny Ainge is like the best, arguably. Well, okay, not the may, may not be best. Like Mike Antonio's up there, but like he's arguably one of the best GMs in the league. So I think he's gonna like make something out of this. Like with our later round three picks, he's gonna make something out of it. I have a I have a weird feeling he'll trade all three picks for a center, and I don't know why, but I feel like it's just such a Danny Ainge move to just. See, oh, three first-round picks? Great. Hey, you got Andre Drummond? Yeah, I have three first-round picks. Because Now, we can't take on Andre Drummond because he's too much money. It's like the Cavs... The Cavs want Ben Simmons. The Cavs really want Ben Simmons. Like, they're putting together yeah. a package for him. And they said the only player that's untouchable is Kevin Porter Jr. Ah, uh, Why? Kevin Porter Jr. I'd rather keep Colin Sexton. I mean, Colin Sexton's obviously going to have to be a trade piece, but... Darius Garland? Uh, yeah, at least keep Darius Garland. Like, Kevin Porter Jr. is like... It's like Kyle Kuzma. Exactly. I guess... Like the best, I don't know why he's an untouchable. The best scenario... Unless, think, unless they think something good is going to come out like of him. Like, with the Lakers. The Lakers trade. Colin Sexton is Brandon Ingram. Darius Garland is... um, And Darius Garland is Lonzo Ball. Josh Hart's probably like, and Kyle Kuzma's Kevin Porter Jr. Like, you don't need, uh, you don't need him, but you want to keep him because he could be a better player than both of them. Looking back at it, the Lakers lost the trade. Well, the Lakers lost the trade when it comes to Brandon Ingram. Like, Brandon Ingram's would be good for a long time. Yeah, obviously they won the trade because Anthony Davis is Anthony Davis and is an MV- should be an MVP candidate. But it's like, in the long run. I think the the Pelicans got a win from that trade because they also got Jackson Hayes, and Jackson Hayes is looking like a future defensive player of the year candidate. And I think the Cavs would accept an Andre Drummond trade for, to the Celtics for three first-round picks because they want Ben Simmons so bad. Like, they honestly, I feel like, are the team that would trade their entire future for a few years, of for like six years of Ben Simmons. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ben. Okay, Ben Ben Simmons. I don't, I don't know about that. I don't understand how the Cavs are just going into win now mode. They're trading their whole future for Ben Simmons. They're probably going to keep Andre Drummond. They're going to keep Kevin Love and um, Bradley Beal. I want him too. So you're telling me you think that you're going to win a championship with Bradley Beal, Ben Simmons? Um, Andre Drummond and Kevin Love. If it's prime Kevin Love, go ahead. You'll win the champion. You'll win the championship. Not prime Kevin. This is out of prime Kevin Love. You're not getting anywhere. Give Kevin Love back to. The, I want Kevin Love to be traded to the Timberwolves. I think that'll be like perfect. Like, just give up a few, like a few second round, like maybe next year's first and a second round pick for him. I feel like that'd be a win scenario for them. Yeah. All right. So we have a. Thing with uh, Kyle Draper after this, we have a kind of meeting. It's just me. James couldn't show up. This is like we recorded this. I think on Unfortunately. We- on Wednesday he couldn't. Yeah, make Wednesday, it. Wednesday, early Wednesday morning. I was busy, but Owen has a nice one-on-one little interview yep. with Kyle Kyle Draper. And then that'll be it for this this week. So thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening. Peace. 
Welcome back to Banner 18. I'm obviously Celtics Wire, and alongside me today is our first big guest in Kyle Draper. Kyle, how are you doing today? Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? We're doing good. How are you? How are you doing today? Good, man. Just a little upset that the Celtics lost to the Miami Heat, but I'm fully recovered, ready for the next game. Yeah, it's it was a tough loss last night, especially that Jimmy Butler, but Duncan Robinson was just something else last night. I was reading a comment from Celtics Rising on one of your posts saying how, um, well, no, I don't think it was one of your posts, but it was like, last night, it was just the corner three all last night with them. And um, I'm hoping for this Nets game, we can bounce back and beat them. I believe we will, but I don't know. Since last time we played them, they did end up beating us, but they had Jared Allen and Spencer Dinwiddie last time. Yeah, and I wonder too if Karis LeVert last couple of games and so, but we do owe the Brooklyn Nets some. Remember, LeVert went off for what fifty-two or something like that on us. Yeah, so I think our boys will be ready though. Yeah, I was. I said it last time. A lot of people were leaving in the third quarter because they thought the game was over, and the fourth they just the Celtics couldn't stop them, and then even going into overtime. I just watched as the Celtics didn't put Kemba in. Tatum was out. They didn't put Jalen in. So they, they start, their lineup going into that was like Brad Wanamaker. I think Carson Edwards. Center might have been um, – it wasn't Robert Williams. The center might have been an S. So it's a big change going into – because there's no Kemba tonight. So maybe we'll see a lot more of Tremont Waters. Yeah, I think so. I think we'll see a lot of the young guys, you know, Waters, Carson will get some time. I think we'll finally see some Robert Williams, too. I mean, he played, what, one minute last night? And so I I think Mm -hmm. tonight, you know, because of the back-to-back, we got a big one Friday against Toronto. You know, tonight is a night to get some of those young guys some minutes. Yep. And a player that I've been – so James couldn't actually make this one, but – he, um, him and Carson Edwards, he's not the biggest fan of Carson. I love Carson Edwards. I love, I've loved him since Purdue. And, um, I love, so when he had the eight three pointers game, I was like, all right, this is a big step up the season. We're going to have a good shooter. He's going to be a good rookie. And he obviously wasn't as great in the regular season, but when they gave him minutes, he clearly showed up against the Rockets with 19 a team. Like the Rockets is something like they're obviously they have some good defenders, but Carson just went off for 19. Yeah, but you know you got to see some consistency from the young fella, right? And I think it starts on the defensive mm-hmm. end. You know, everybody wants to talk about the eight threes, and rightfully so. I thought after that game, I'm like, there's going to be a game this season where that guy wins for you, and it just hasn't happened yet. And I think you know he hasn't gotten consistent minutes because he has to improve defensively. That's the thing with Brad Stevens, guys. It's like. If you battle defensively, if you play hard defensively, he's going to give you an opportunity. I mean, he's not about making or missing shots. He's about the effort you put on the defensive end being in the right position. And I think that's not only Carson, but a lot of these young guys, that's their way to get on the floor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the defensive side of things, we obviously have some great defenders. If you look at statistics, Jason Tatum's a great defender, Jalen Brown. If you look at the court, Marcus Smart's an unreal defender. He should be in the defensive player of the year conversation. I don't understand why he's not. Maybe it's because he's a guard. I feel like that has partially to do with it. But Brad Stevens is such a defensive coach that 
you got to have a defensive attitude going into the game. You got to be the defensive player that he wants you to be. Like Marcus Smart and T- Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Obviously, we don't have the greatest defenders. Like, I mean, Ines Cantor's a great defender, but statistically, he's not that great of a defender as we'd hoped him to be. When we signed Cantor, I was hoping him to be the Knicks version where he was getting like 16 rebounds a game, but he just, he's he's still getting like seven. But I mean, I would have, it would have been better if he had 16 yeah, rebounds mean, a game. He, he's been solid, but you know, and that's like one of the biggest concerns, I think. Uh, for the Celtics is their big man play. You got Daniel Tice, mm. who's kind of consistent. Then after that, you don't know what you're going to get. And so I think Ennis is going to have to make more of a pre- presence on both ends of the floor. I mean, he can't disappear. I mean, obviously, offensively, he takes care of the mismatches and things like that. But he has to do a better job defensively. He has to do a better job on the, on the board, especially against some of the bigger players that we'll see come playoff time. I mean, think about Milwaukee. You know, they got three seven-footers. I'm, I'm including Giannis and that. Then you got the Lopez brothers. And then you look at the obviously, with Embiid. So we're going to need Ennis, Tice, those guys in the middle to step up. Yeah, Tice, Tice is on the shorter side for a center. But he's just – he's shown his uh, – how he's been a big man on the floor with stopping Trey Young. He's been grabbing rebounds. He's stepped up this season, which I didn't actually expect him to do. And it's a big surprise for Celtics. I think he'd be the most improved player from the team. You can argue Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. But Daniel Tice went from a two points per game store to around nine or ten. Yeah, I think he's been the biggest surprise all season long. Because remember, before the season, we were wondering who's going to be your starting center. We we thought it would be Ennis Cantor. And I think people forget Mm -hmm. last year, Tice was banged up. He was injured for most of the season. And so... Now you're seeing a fully healthy Tice. He understands the Celtic system. Uh, he's great defensively, especially on those switches. Uh, you know, he doesn't get beat. He's not out of position usually. And I think that's why I trust him. And so you're right. I, I think Tice has been one of the biggest surprises for the Celtics this season. Um, when we signed, so in the offseason, I remember we had talks of signing Boogie Cousins. And then when we signed Vincent Poirier, I knew we weren't getting Boogie. And I was interested to see if he was going to get a lot more minutes because we signed him from France. I expect – also, he's been in the league for a long time. He just never had a role here, a role – he's been on the Magic. He just never got a role until the Celtics got him. And when he has played, he has shown glimpses that he could be a good player. But I think that going with Daniel Tice and S. Cantor is probably the best move to go with centers. Maybe Robert Williams, because he's he can obviously block shots like crazy, and um, I think that's good on centers. And some, and in some scenarios, I like seeing like in the off season, like when people say Drummond or Whiteside, I like the idea of that just because they're defensive and can grab rebounds. But some part of me says I'd rather see this team live out through this next season and see how we do. Yeah, I mean, those are some big names you mentioned, but, you know, in, in addition to, you know, what, what they bring, they also bring a big price tag, you know, they, they cost a lot yeah. of money, you know, and so who are you giving up to get one of those guys was always the big issue. Are you really trying to trade Gordon Hayward uh, mm-hmm. for Andre Drummond? I think, you know, when you look at the center position, 
and we, I just talked about it, you know, they, they need a, a little bit more out of that position. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Poirier hasn't gotten much time. Uh, Robert Williams hasn't got much time. And so and we saw in that heat game, Brad Stevens went with a small lineup at times with Marcus Smart playing the center. And I don't think that's going to get it done. And so while I would like for them to have added someone, I don't think those big names like, you know, Scal and I have talked at length about Hassan Whiteside. And while he may be flashy in terms of getting blocked shots, you know, he's not a great perimeter defender, which I think you need to be uh, in today's <clears throat> NBA. And so I don't know who, who you could have went out there and realistically got gotten that would help your team at the center position. Maybe a guy like Joe Kim Noah, if you look at, uh, you know, what he's doing with the yeah. Clippers, you know, that, that could have been a low-cost uh, move Danny Ainge could have made. I like I like the idea that they've been talking about Tristan Thompson. It's it's a low. I don't think it's a high price move, but I think it's not as valuable as someone like Whiteside or Drummond. It's more of a lower than that, like maybe like ten million for a year. Obviously, we don't have a lot of money with Hayward and Kemba and Tatum's got to make money. But I like Tristan Thompson, and I like the idea of signing him and bringing him in to play that center role. No, I'm with you because what you know, people look at his rebounding. You know, he's one of the elite rebounders in the game, but he's also a really good perimeter defender. And you know, I keep bringing it up when you have those switches, when you have those screens, and you need the big to cover the small guy. You need someone mobile and agile enough to do that. Tristan Thompson is that. Daniel Tice does a good job with that you know I don't think Drummond and Whiteside do good jobs at that and so you're right Tristan Thompson would be a perfect fit a guy who doesn't need the ball to score you don't have to run any plays for him he could clean up on the offensive rebounding you know he could put back misses and so I I agree Tristan Thompson would have been a perfect fit I think for the Celtics yeah and that's just about to wrap us up today with uh guest Kyle Draper Kyle thanks for doing this it's been so exciting to have you on this and you're the first big name that we've had. Hopefully we can get many more, but thank you for doing this. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thank you. The Boston Celtics went three and one over the past week, dropping one game to the Miami heat and blowing out the Brooklyn Nets and a surprise Toronto Raptors. Jason Tatum has an outstanding week, scoring 30 points nearly every game. The Celts will play the Memphis Grizzlies on Tuesday. The Bruins lost every game this week. Don't be upset yet, Boston fans, as we play the Carolina Hurricanes in the first round we swept last year. Chris Wagner, Jake DeBrusque, and Charlie McVoy all had a goal for the Bees this week. The Red Sox went 3-2 and over the past week with wins over the Blue Jays and the Rays. The Sox had a walk-off home run last night from Mitch Moreland, and Alex Verdugo had himself a week with two home runs, and robbed former Red Sox Travis Shaw as of a home run. Sox will play the Rays tonight at 7.30. Patriots traded for Lions cornerback Michael J- Jackson, and Jarrett Stidham said he's very excited about a QB1 duel with Cam Newton. Mets pitcher Marcus Stroman is opted out of the season amid COVID-19 concerns. No real update as to why he is out, but the pitcher said because of family matters. The Big Ten will cancel its fall 2020 season. The Big Ten become the first conference to make such an adjustment in a move that blindsided other prominent college football decision makers. 
Toronto Maple Leafs were eliminated by the Columbus Blue Jackets last night. A big surprise and scare as they have a chance for young star Alexis Lafreniere. In basketball terms, this is like the Lakers having one of the best odds to get Zion. Those are your sports updates from the past day in sports. For the past week in sports. This has been Celtics Wire. Thanks for listening today.